Welcome to the Stochastic NBA Strategy Show. I'm your host, Neil Orff. You can find me on Twitter at PlayerQDFS. I'm here with Adam, Ship My Money Share. You can find him on Twitter at Ship My Money DFS. This show is sponsored by Underdog. Fantastic play to get all your uh, your best ball needs out of the way. You can play daily contests on Underdog. And of course, you can play pick'em contests on Underdog. Everything that you want to play in DFS or related uh, contest you can find on underdog fantastic place to play check it out if you haven't already done so adam uh it has been a minute i think the last time we did a show together was prior to your hiatus we did a million mlb shows together without producers now we're on an nba show with the producers it's kind of fun to uh you know have a reunion I, I don't think we've done a show since your hiatus am i wrong about that i don't think so we did one we did the draft show during it but uh oh, that's right think, we did yeah i don't think we've done one since and this might be like the first actual show we've done where, like you said, we have a producer and it's not just you and me on talking baseball in the morning. I feel like we, we probably did some in past NBA seasons here or there. I probably filled yeah. in for somebody uh, in the past, but yeah, it feels like every show that we've done that like 95% we've done have been without producers uh, for baseball in the morning. This is fun. And, and it's uh, sponsored by underdog. So I feel like it's okay to ask you, Adam, how are your best ball teams doing? How, how many did, did you advance a good number? Do you get any in the top 10,000, anything like that? Uh, I forgot to check how many I advanced. I have three in the top 10,000 on underdog. Um, last I looked, I think I looked on Sunday and my advance rates kind of sucked. I think I was at like 20%, 18, 20%. Um, so yeah, it didn't do great. And as far as advance rate goes, I don't think, but I haven't checked it today. Yeah, I I was I was shooting. My, my goal was 25 advance. I, I played 120 in Best Ball Mania 4. I got 23 through. So I was, you know, close enough. Uh, but, you know, it was a little bit of a disappointing season for me in underdog, mostly because it was looking really good. Like three or four weeks ago, I was I had like three in the top 10,000 and three more right behind. And then week 13, it was just absolutely brutal for me in terms of uh, best ball mania for at least just my my top teams, even even with healthy players, just like completely dotted out. Uh, so it was it was kind of rough for me in the end in best ball mania for, um, you know, a lot, lot of injuries this year, kind of kind of tough to get them through. Yeah, really just weird year, but normally I advance a lot more than I did this year, and then I have never won, so maybe it'll just go the other way this time. Exactly right. Yeah, we're, we're going to win them in the playoffs this year. Ken Roddy asks, does Neil know basketball? That is, I, I do so few basketball shows that people don't even know if I play NBA DFS. It is actually my my first DFS love was NBA. I've been playing it for over a decade. Uh, however, I have not actually played that much this year, Adam. Since I've gotten into content and like the majority of the content I do is NFL, I basically don't play a ton of NBA DFS until after NFL season, just because it's it's so hard, like doing all the content for NFL and then just like flipping to NBA and NBA being so time consuming, like it's so hard to do both of them uh have you been playing much nfl yeah yeah i play every week um i, I haven't been playing showdown because i just hate showdown but uh yeah i've been not having a good nfl season it's been one of those i don't remember who i was talking about it with on a show the other day but like i've had it, it's gone normal where it's like you know win some weeks lose some weeks but the winning weeks i just keep consistently getting like third and it's just like okay well i'm ruining my season because i'm not getting a first place and like I'm not going to have that many good weeks left. So yeah, um, it hasn't been a good year of NFL, but I have been playing. Okay. Yeah. I've been, I've been playing N NBA here and there. I don't want to make it sound like I haven't played at all, but definitely not my, like I've gone to Timberwolves games where I don't even play NBA DFS. That's also something that I've kind of learned is I think I enjoy the experience of going to basketball games a little bit more if I don't have DFS lineups to worry about. Cause in the past, like I'm at the Wolves game trying to like manually adjust all my lineups on my phone. I think it's just not as fun. Right. So I've been kind of skipping just for enjoyment too. 
NBA is tough to like you were saying not doing content for it. You haven't been playing. Usually I love playing sports that I don't do content for, but NBA is tough because like days that I don't do NBA content, I'll go to play. And then I'm just, you know, I'm making lineups. It's like, oh shit, I have no idea who's hurt, who like what news I need to be paying attention to. And it feels like you just have to like go back and do all the work from the beginning to figure it out. Um, but yeah, other sports, it's just like, oh, cool. I can not talk about it. Just click buttons, not even know who I'm playing and move on. Yeah, that's I guess that that is a big part of it too. Like baseball, like you don't really need to know anything to play right. baseball DFS. Like just use the tools, whatever. NBA, I feel like there there is so much game theory and strategy involved. Like you're all you're either all in or you're all out. At least for me, for for NBA, it's really tough to just play here and there because you really need to know like how are the rotations working out. What what's the likelihood of this player playing a little bit more today, or uh, what's the likelihood of this player sitting due to injury? Like you get a better feel for that kind of thing if you're actually playing every single day. Whereas if you right. play twice a week, it's a little bit tough to get into. Yeah. Um, like with baseball, if I'm not doing content, I'll just, I'll run my lineup, submit them. Be like, Oh, that guy's pitching today. I didn't know that. Yeah. Exactly. With basketball, it's like, you'll get news that somebody's in, somebody's out. And then it's like, wait, were we expecting him to be in? Were we expecting him to be out? Is that news? Is it not? Yeah. Even just like the starting lineup, like, wait, was that player expected to start? Right, exactly. going to change everything that that player is now starting. It's so much tougher to just, you know, play NBA intermittently. Uh, thankfully, Adam, today I am the host. So even the fact that I, you know, don't play every day, we've got you here to really cover the hard hitting analysis of this slate. Uh, and we will of course go game by game here, starting with Cleveland at Boston. Uh, and I'm just going to throw it to you. I don't, I don't know how Josh usually does this, but I'm just going to throw it to you. Uh, let's talk about Cleveland a little bit. Who, who do you like on Cleveland? Any big priorities for you? Who do you think will make it into your player pool? Yeah, so I mean, tough matchup here for for both teams, but particularly Cleveland, only a 108 implied total. Uh, Boom bust tool is not refreshing for me right now. Um, I have a sim running as we talk, but uh, I don't expect to get too much here. Um, the only guy getting ownership on Cleveland is Evan Mobley getting 10%. We have him with a 14% chance of being optimal, $7,600 power forward center eligibility uh, on DraftKings. But other than that, nobody really pulling ownership. Mobley missed the last couple of games. We don't have a Cleveland injury report yet, so uh, I would consider him questionable. But if he's in, then the impact is just that you don't have, you know, Dean Wade and George Niang and Porter playing the minutes that they were, but those guys don't really matter anyway. Um, if Mobley is in, like I said, he's showing up around 10% of the time for the field, 14% optimal. But other than that, uh, Donovan Mitchell is still priced up at 9,200, getting 5% ownership. J uh, Jared Allen, 6,700, getting 8%. He's the second highest owned guy here behind Mobley. Struess is getting a little bit, but uh, overall, not a very appealing team. If this weren't a five game slate i don't think there would really be anything at all to say about cleveland with it being five games i think you can at least say you know any of the starters are playable in the sense that they're fine um also the status of karis lavert will matter you know again we don't have an injury report but um pretty pretty unappealing team overall does jared allen get a big boost if evan mobley misses or when evan mobley misses um i don't think so he's like there, there's the potential for it, but we haven't really seen it. Uh, played 15 minutes yesterday, but that was because of foul trouble. The game before that, he also sucked against, uh, I think it was Portland or maybe yeah. Miami. Um, yeah, Miami. Yeah, Miami. Uh, played 25 minutes in that one. Again, had actually didn't have foul trouble, just got taken out in the second quarter for a long stretch. So we haven't seen him benefit from Mobley being out. There is the potential for it. If he does avoid fouls, if he does play well, he can get more minutes. But uh, so far we've just seen Tristan Thompson essentially step in as the backup and Jared Allen play well, less than normal minutes, but normal minutes if it weren't for fouls and random benchings. 
yeah, I guess two two of the past three games looks like it has been foul trouble for Jarrett Allen. Uh, prior to that was playing, you know, minutes in the 34, 38, 30, the, the three games prior, and then the last three, 15, 25, 19. So not nearly as good there. Um, all right. Anything else to say about Cleveland? No. Uh, we got a super chat. Curtis James sent us a $50 super chat. Man, that is a that is a large super chat. Thank you very much, Curtis. Uh, says, got my first NBA DFS win last night, all with the help of the Sim and Boom Bus tools, your guys' breakdowns, and Andre Drummond. $7,500 in the $4.80K four-point play. Feeling generous this morning. That is awesome to see, Curtis. Congrats, congrats on the big win. Um, yeah, I guess we no question there. He just wanted to, to give back after his big win. Uh, of course, I had nothing to do with it, but Adam, it sounds like you helped him uh, along the way there. So congrats, Curtis. Well done. Um, all right. The other side of this Cleveland-Boston game. Boston uh, doesn't look like we have any injuries currently. I don't see even any like Q tags or anybody listed on the injury report currently for Boston. Uh, with that said, they, and a tough matchup for Boston as well. Any any priorities for you on Boston? Anybody that you like as a contrarian play? Who, who's making it into your player pool here? Yeah, I wouldn't really say any priorities. Like you said, they're healthy. Uh, they're pretty much correctly priced. It's not a great matchup. Derek White is looking like the most useful piece on DraftKings. 11% chance of being optimal at 13% owned at only 6,400. Point guard shooting guard eligible. So uh, with those positions and that salary, likely to just kind of pretty easily fit into lineups. It does look like Jalen Brown's going a bit on their own, makes him interesting in tournaments. 14% chance of being optimal, only 8% owned. The salary's back down to $7,900. Shooting guard, small forward. Uh, big talking point at the beginning of the season for a while was that I always liked Jalen Brown in tournaments at prices in this range just because he's clearly not the number one in the offense overall. But on a game-to-game -game basis, you'll just get games where Jalen Brown has, you know, is playing well and the offense runs through him more. So you do get a nice ceiling for that price tag. Uh, again, the matchup's not great, but... Shooting guard small forward at that salary and low ownership is interesting. 1.08 DraftKings points per minute for Brown overall this season. Uh, so I do think he looks like a pretty interesting contrarian play. Okay, yeah, 7900 The price looks pretty nice for Brown. That feels low relative to where he's been in past years, uh, if nothing else. We don't have anybody on Boston hitting even 5x value. Jalen Brown, the best in terms of uh, point per dollar score, 4.9x value for Jalen Brown, 4.8 for Jason Tatum. Nobody really, of course, that, that's kind of the whole slate. We don't really have any screaming values on the entire slate right now. Uh, so you're, we're kind of having to, to choose from not great values anyway. But yeah, no, nobody's standing out in terms of value score for Boston either. Anything else to say about this game? No, it's for the most part, I think these teams are similar where any of the starters look okay. Um, it is worth mentioning, I guess, Sam Hauser is pulling 11% ownership on DraftKings, shooting guard, small forward, 4,300. That is just a function of right now. We don't have a lot of injury reports because so many teams played yesterday. Um, so right now, Hauser looks like a decent value. Chances are when we get like the Dallas injury report, for example, Sam Hauser goes away because yep. right now we just have these Dallas guys projected in when they're probably not going to play, or at least there's a decent chance they don't play. Yeah, Hauser's 4,300, and we've got him projected for 16 fantasy points, which goes right. to show you how bad the value is that he's getting 11% here. Yeah, I would I would hope that some value is going to open up when we don't have to play Sam Hauser. Uh, Steven says, plenty of fresh legs in Boston. They have not played since Friday. That is good to know. And yeah, yep. everybody healthy. They haven't played since Friday. Uh, it's going to be no nobody probably getting any kind of boost from an injury. All right, second game, and, and both of these games start at uh, 7.30 Eastern, so a little bit of a later start time. we got two games starting right at lock, the second one being uh, the Lakers 
at the Mavericks. So starting with the Lakers side, Adam, uh, again, doesn't look like we have any, well, it looks like we've got a lot of Q tags on the Lakers. Uh, what, what's going on here? Any priorities for you on the Lakers? Yeah. So, I mean, we have Anthony Davis questionable, which isn't super surprising, assuming he plays for now, but it is the first game of the night. So we'll find out anyway. Uh, Rui's available. LeBron is questionable as always. Vanderbilt's questionable as always. So nobody is out right now that matters for the Lakers. There obviously is the potential for somebody to sit, but assuming they're in, uh, this team just looks really good. It's a good matchup against Dallas. Pricing here is very reasonable. 9,800 on DraftKings for Davis, 9,700 for LeBron. Uh, Anthony Davis still has power forward eligibility on DraftKings. That was a nice addition a week or so ago. Uh, so he's getting 32% ownership at an 18% chance of being optimal. LeBron's getting 17%. They both look good. D'Angelo Russell, only 6,200. Now with this team healthier, you do have a bigger risk of Russell not closing games and losing minutes in any given game. Uh, but we did see him close the in-season tournament championship against Indiana. He played 32 minutes in that game. So it was nice to at least see that, you know, that's on the table. Now, Rui didn't play at all in the second half of that game. Um, so it's not necessarily apples to apples, but uh, at 6,200, there is a nice ceiling for Russell. Uh, there is, you know, again, just some risk because, He's live in some games to basically just play three quarters, get to 24, 25 minutes and be done. But at this salary, I don't think it's that big of a risk. I think it's offset by the fact that uh, he's really cheap and could play 30 and look good. Austin Reeves is getting 35% ownership, shooting guard small forward at 5,800. He's pretty consistently giving you 27, 28 minutes. Uh, so that looks like a pretty solid mid-range play right now. And then you get into these cheaper guys where because at the moment we don't have a lot of value, $4,400 Cam Reddish projects for 18 and a half DraftKings points, but getting 19% ownership. Jared Vanderbilt at 3,700 center only projects for 15 DraftKings points, getting 12 and a half percent ownership. Torian Prince, 4,100, 16.8 DraftKings point projection, 26% ownership. So you're just seeing uh, cheap guys that really don't look very good getting ownership right now because of the slate. Those three all certainly in play. The one that looks interesting to me is $4,100 Rui is only getting 5% ownership. We have him projected for 15 DraftKings points right now. He's available. I assume he's playing 20 to 22 minutes. I think he's real. like if, if Torian Prince at the same salary is going to get five times the ownership, I think Rui looks really good. Or I think Rui looks like a really good contrarian play. I don't think Rui looks actually good. He just doesn't look that much worse to me than Reddish Vanderbilt Prince. What do you think the odds are that we get value opening up later in the day? Because right now, as you've noted several good. times, we just don't really have... You think it's pretty good on this slate? Yeah, because uh, Dallas played yesterday. They were missing a bunch of guys, so we don't have an injury report from them. Uh, we don't have Cleveland's injury report. Not that that's necessarily going to matter too much, but if Levert and Mobley were out, there are at least more like 4K guys that you can roll the dice on and hope to get lucky. Um, Chicago played yesterday. The Kings, I think, played yesterday and the Clippers played yesterday. So, like, there's so many teams without injury reports right now, but specifically Dallas, where you've just had multiple guys out, including yesterday. Okay, yeah, and it looks like I ran the Sims uh, prior to the show, and I was already getting to a ton of Dallas value, and that's with all of these guys in. So it seems like if we get, you know, players out on Dallas, that's probably where we're going to be finding the, the best value, uh, I would imagine. Um, any other uh, notes on the Lakers? So I'm actually, I just finished the sim I had running. I'm actually not getting to them right now, which to, to I Dallas think is, or to the Lakers? To the Lakers. Okay. Good. Okay. Uh, the field's getting a ton of the Lakers. Um, and I think it's really just, I've kind of, we've seen this on shows I've done with Josh lately, especially on these like mid game slates where 
ownership gets really, really concentrated on the teams that look the best, but the difference between those teams and other teams isn't that big. Uh, so right now with all the ownership coming into the Lakers, pretty much across the board, most of these guys, their optimal percentage is like half of their ownership. So I think that's why I'm kind of just getting away from them now, but overall they do look good. And if ownership starts to kind of get more spread out as the day goes on, I think I'll get to more of them, um, but I'm actually not getting too much of them right now uh, to go back Cleveland. Uh, I was pretty much getting Mobley and that's about it. Um, Boston. I am getting the 20% Jalen Brown. So, like I said, I thought that looked like a good contrarian play. I'm getting there. Uh, but, yeah, really surprised right now that I'm not getting more of the Lakers. It's kind of cool when it, like, lines up with what the tools are telling you, too. Just, like, you, you run the Sims. The tools are telling me that this guy is over-owned, and now I'm getting under the field. And that's what we're seeing with the Lakers. The tools are saying these guys are looking a little bit over-owned, and then that's what uh, we're I'm, – I'm getting the same thing in the Sims. It's not getting to a ton of the Lakers. It makes sense, like, especially on a slate like this where there is – so little value like it's there's there's no screaming value so it's just the sims are naturally giving us more of the contrarian plays and you know uh the players who are projected similarly at similar prices they're giving you the lower owned guys which is what you would want it to do what you'd expect it to do. so it's i think it's always cool when you can kind of see the sims doing what you think that they should do and, and what the boom bus tool says that they should do also um do you think there's any takeaway from the lakers winning the in-season tournament like do you think that gives you any more confidence in them as like a playoff contender? Do you think that they are a champion contender? I don't think it changes anything in my opinion of them. I think that any time I, th I think they're a true contender as long as Davis and LeBron are healthy, which is yep. obviously a huge, huge question. But I mean, LeBron's been like a top five player in the NBA again this year. Davis is top 15. They're still a team where I wouldn't want to play them in a playoff series. Uh, they're finally getting healthy now. You know, they haven't been healthy most of the year, but having Rui, having Vanderbilt, you know, as bench pieces certainly help also. Like I, anytime you have LeBron and Davis, you're a contender as long as they're healthy. Yeah, that's a fair point. It is. They have all the players healthy. They want it with all the players healthy. What, what do you think of this in-season tournament in general? Are you, are you a fan of it at this point? Not really. Um, I So I thought it was fun, but it wasn't. I didn't enjoy it enough for it to offset just how much I hated like last week of zero, two, two, 13, two, 11, True. one, zero basketball games. Uh, so it was like, yeah, it's cool. The players are into it. Like the games are fun to watch, but like, I didn't even watch the championship game. So I clearly didn't care that much. And right. it basically just made it. So I had a week of doing content for two games and playing two games slates, which I didn't enjoy. Yeah, it's probably fun for like your casual NBA fan who doesn't play DFS and yeah. then for DFS players, just kind of a nightmare. Yeah, yeah, from a basketball fan standpoint, like I thought it was cool from a the way it impacts my life and what I enjoy doing. I did not enjoy it. Yeah, and I suppose that's probably true of like season long NBA players, too. I'm, I'm in a couple of season long NBA leagues, but honestly, I don't really care about them that much. But I would imagine for people who are like serious about season long NBA, uh, season long NBA fantasy, it's probably also frustrating to have these random like two game slates i don't know it makes it a little bit more difficult yeah um, yeah and like my gauge because anytime i would watch one of the games i was like oh this is actually really cool but like i said my gauge was i had the game the championship game on i had it on one tv i had mma on another one and then i went to bed and there were like five minutes left in the lakers game and i turned mma on so like as soon as i turned mma on i was like okay well i can convincingly say that i really didn't care about this tournament yeah that, i think that's a, a good indicator that you didn't really care about it um, yeah, I, I didn't watch the championship game either on, it was also on Saturday night, like during peak holiday season when everybody's, uh, got parties going on. So yeah, I was, I was not about to watch that game. If the Timberwolves were in it, I would have, I would have prioritized it. If the Timberwolves were in the in-season yeah. tournament, would you have, if the, if the Wizards were in it? <laughs> um, 
Yeah. <laughs> Just a funny thought to even. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, that, yeah. That, that's quite the hypothetical, but yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. That would be, that would be a different story. I just didn't really care about that game. Uh, Lakers and Pacers, just not the most. I mean, it's, it's a fun game, but for, for me as a Timberwolves fan, hard to get too excited. Uh, all right. So the, the Mavericks uh, already are popping as values. It sounds like we are expecting potentially even more value later on. Uh, maybe, maybe more news coming out with the Mavericks. Um, what is your level of interest currently? Do you have any like predictions? Like, do you have any, um, what, what do you think is going to happen here with Dallas and, and who, who do you want to play? Yeah. I mean, I'm getting like all of them right now. Uh, the, one of the big question marks is going to be Tim Hardaway Jr. He was downgraded midday yesterday with, I believe, back spasms and then ended up missing the game. We have him projected in right now. If he's out, that's just opening up even more. Uh, but I'm just getting a ton of this. Derek Jones Jr. got hurt yesterday as well. Uh, we don't have him projected in. We don't have Green. We don't have Kyrie. So we are, or I am, getting to a lot of Dallas value. A lot of it does look good here. Uh, this is a team that at the moment I'm pretty much just jamming in. Uh, the field's getting to a lot of it as well. 45% Jaden Hardy at 4,600. He played 34 minutes off the bench yesterday, uh, closed the game, played the final basically 19 minutes of that game. Seth Curry had gotten the start. But you got a lot of minutes from Hardy at 4,600. You don't need 34 minutes for him to look good. He's in almost every lineup that I have right now. Um, Dante Axum's pulling 41%. Derek Lively's pulling 38. I am getting to 37% Axum, so right around the field there. I'm getting to 79% Lively, so well above the field. Uh, he has been playing big minutes lately, played 35 last game, and he is a beneficiary of these wing pieces being out because. It just makes it so even if Dallas wanted to go to smaller lineups, they really can't because they don't have the bodies to do it when you don't have Green, Williams, Jones. Uh, so it really just helps lock in these Derek Lively minutes, makes him look really, really good. Um, Markeith Morris right now, 3K, is pulling 38% ownership. He played 20 and a half minutes yesterday. He was a big beneficiary of Derek Jones Jr. getting hurt. He only played one stint in the second quarter, played three minutes and 46 seconds in the first half, and then played a ton in the second half at 3K. Um, assuming that the guys that we have projected out are out, he is going to be a pretty solid value. I'm getting like 69% there. I'm getting 52% of Maxence Prosper, who this is kind of a weird one where ownership doesn't match up with optimal percentage right now. And it, this comes up a lot on morning shows just because it's, you know, our first run of stuff. Um, we don't even know how some other sites are projecting players, which is going to impact ownership projections. So a spot like this, you know, like I said, I'm getting to 50 whatever percent of him, but we have him with about a 20% chance of being optimal at only 6% owned. People are good at NBA DFS in 2023. If once we have all the information, he is actually still projecting at 20% to be optimal, he's not going to be 6% owned and vice versa. If he's 6% right. owned, he's not going to be 20% to be optimal. So that's a spot where it stands out to me. Like if this actually is what the data looked like going into lock, I would be playing a ton of him, but it's just not going to look like this. We're going to need more information. Okay. So earlier I said, currently uh, Dallas value is popping and we might get more news. Do you think, uh, so uh, guys like Kyrie is not confirmed out already. So, so some of the players that we are currently projecting to be out are not actually confirmed as out. Is that correct? Kyrie is out. Um, okay. I don't remember the actual statuses on non-Kyrie guys. Kleba, Josh, we have uh, projected. So Kleba should now. be out. Kyrie's Josh. out. Okay. Josh Green, um, Grant Williams, Derek Jones Jr. We have is out. Yeah, I don't remember. And I'm trying to pull up just DraftKings right now. But um, I don't remember on those three what's. Because like, I know Derek Jones Jr. got hurt yesterday. Um, I don't 
remember, I never saw if it's like, oh, he's hurt and he's definitely not playing tomorrow, or if it's like, we don't know if he's playing. Um, I don't remember the actual statuses of Green and or yeah, of, I mean, of Green and Williams either. I'm pretty sure they're not playing. You and I will be doing a deeper dive later, so we'll, we can talk about this again once we have that. I'm, I'm just trying to figure out exactly like, are we expecting more value to pop up, or are we going to lose some of this value potentially if one of these guys plays? Because usually we have players... Uh, we don't put people out in, unless they are doubtful or out, but I don't know if that's the case early in the morning. Yeah. So uh, for Derek Jones Jr., draft, and again, like generally I don't look at the sites for this information, but since we don't right. have an injury report, um, DraftKings has Jones questionable. The report yesterday was he was questionable to return after he got hurt during the game. He didn't come back, but you know that's not an immediate out. Grant Williams was ruled out for yesterday. We don't have anything on him yet today. Um, yeah. He has missed the last couple of games. Josh Green is out. Josh Green is out for a couple of weeks. So okay. it seems likely that Derek Jones Jr. and Grant Williams don't play, but that's not official. Derek Jones, or sorry, uh, Josh Green is actually out. Okay. Um, Kyrie. I'm, okay, so draft like DraftKings has Kyrie is questionable. The last report is he doesn't have a timetable to return. So I'm assuming he's out. Yeah, seems likely. And then like Tim usually, Hardaway Jr. usually time ta- no timetable to return doesn't mean uh, he's going to be back <laughs> right. imminently. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. But I, I guess you, you can't really rule him out completely until the team does, I guess. Uh, and then Tim Hardaway Jr., the only other one that I see with an injury designate, it looks like he missed yesterday, but we haven't projected to be yeah. in. We'll, we'll know all this information. We don't really need to go through yes. all the hypotheticals now because we'll know it when we do right. the deeper dive later on. Yeah, fortunately, uh, it's and, and it's the first game of the night. So, yeah, like we're not. Yesterday sucked. I, I actually ended up not even getting my CSV uploaded at lock yesterday. So I had to remove all the 7 p.m. games because it was just like in the 10 to 15 minutes before lock, like incrementally every like three or four minutes, you were just getting a new guy ruled out. And it was like, can you just hold this until after lock? And instead of me like trying to update everything. So um, it is nice today. You know, this game is the first game. We don't have to get we, we won't get Tim Hardaway out like as you're trying to submit lineups. Right. Yeah, that that is helpful. Uh, anything else on Dallas and the Lakers or should we move yeah. on? So, I mean, kind of, I guess, buried the, well, in some ways buried the lead. Um, right now I'm not getting to Luca, which is shocking, but I guess it has to just do with the relative lack of value. He is $11,800, uh, 13% owned, 10% optimal. Very obviously the more value that opens up, Luca's is going to look good. And if you can just build lineups, you like they get to Luca, then great. Um, so a little surprised I'm not getting there right now, but I think it just speaks to, how we don't have a lot of good cheap value. Yeah, currently I'm only getting to 9% Luka, 8% Jokic. So uh, yeah, definitely not getting it. Looks like it's, I, I guess, just more of a, a balance build because I'm getting to a ton of Kawhi and we'll, we'll get to that game later. Um, but yeah, in, in this game, this is where all of the value that I'm currently getting is also 81. I'm getting 81% Jaden Hardy, 65% Derek Lively, 37% Markeith Morris, 37% Dante X. This is an ugly slate right now, or at least the, the value is, is not great on this slate right now. Uh, we'll have to hold off until later to really get the best information. All right, two games down, three games to go. Uh, but again, sponsor of this show is Underdog. I happen to be a huge fan of Underdog, and it's not just best ball. I, I do love best ball. I play a ton of best ball. I'm obsessed with it. But uh, the Pick'em Contest, we do have a free square. I believe Greg sent one into chat. Let me, let me see what the free score is. Uh, for Austin Eckler, over over half yeah half a yard is the line on Austin Eckler. Even though they are apparently going to a running back by committee there on the Chargers, I feel pretty pretty good about half a yard for Austin Eckler. 
Uh, so that's, you know, and anytime you get a free square, that's a good time to sign up for Underdog if you haven't already done so. And of course, when you sign up using our link on Underdog, you're going to get your first match deposited up to $100. So you put $100 in, they're going to match that. You're going to have $200 in your account. If you want to put $50 in, they'll match that. You'll get a $50 in your account. Um, sorry, 100 total in your account. So fantastic. You'll get your first match deposit bonus using the link in the description of this video. Of course, you need to be 18 plus to play in most places, 21 plus in Massachusetts or Arizona, 19 plus in Alabama and Nebraska. If you're concerned with your play, call 1-800-GAMBLER. But again, check out Underdog, uh, not only for the best ball contest. I actually love the daily contest. I haven't done it as much for NBA um, just because it's, you know, you, you have to be more on top of injury stuff with NBA. Uh, but I actually, I, I talked to a DFS pro that I know who told me he won like 50,000 in NBA on underdog last year. So I, I think of it as being like the prize pools aren't huge, hard to make a lot of money. And yet I talked to one pro that I know who plays on underdog dailies told me he won $50,000 last year playing NBA dailies on underdog. Uh, it is drafts instead of like DraftKings, you have a salary cap, you have salaries for each player. You make your lineups accordingly on underdog dailies. You actually draft against other people. And then after the draft, all of your lineups are put into a large contest. It's a really fun one. I, I play other sports uh, in the dailies have not gotten into NBA yet, but it is a really, fun way to play and uh you, you should check it out if you haven't heard. and of course they've got the uh the pick'em contest as i alluded to with the austin eckler uh where you're just taking the over or the under on player props and you can uh, win up to 20x your money in those contests they're generally in states where you don't have legal betting like minnesota so i do play those it's a lot of fun check out underdog if you haven't already done so all right Adam, I'll move on to next game on the slate, Denver at Chicago. And of course, we'll start with the Denver side. Uh, I don't see, we, we've got, yeah, no no really significant injuries here. Jay Huff and Vlatko Kankar we have out currently. Uh, otherwise, everybody appears to be healthy on Denver. Um, who do you like? Who, any priorities for you on the Nuggets? Yeah, so this is another one. Neither of these teams have an actual injury report out yet because they played yesterday. But assuming we don't get surprised guys sitting like obviously I guess there's some chance that Jamal Murray sits uh, which could open up some like Reggie Jackson but um, assuming everybody is just in we're back to a team where the starters all look okay nobody's pulling a ton of ownership Jamal Murray right now actually getting the most at 13 percent I'm not really getting to this team I have three percent Murray I have one percent Jokic goes without saying that I would love to be able to get more Jokic, but kind of assumed I wasn't going to be getting there once I saw that I wasn't getting to Luka either. Uh, Murray at 7,300 looks fine, but there's you know plenty of other mid-range options you can get to that are a little bit lower owned. Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, neither one pulling any ownership. I'm not getting there. So uh, back to a team that doesn't look overly appealing. Only about a 113 implied total for Denver. Uh, pretty slow-paced Chicago team. Pricing here, assuming everybody is in, doesn't look great. Now, if Murray is out, that is a bump for Jokic. I don't know that it's enough to make him a true priority unless other value opens up because he's still competing with Luka at the top and you still have not great value options you know, to find the salary for him, but he would look better. Uh, Reggie Jackson would obviously look better if he's starting, but he is still 6,300. So I think he would be playable if Murray's out. I don't think it turns into you know the Reggie Jackson slate where you're just jamming him in everywhere. Sorry, uh, you're thinking that Murray might be out because he tweaked his ankle yesterday, or or does he has he been missing back to backs this year? He's just he he missed a lot of time this year. I don't know what they're okay. going to do with him today. Yeah, I'm seeing the apparently he tweaked his ankle yesterday earlier in the game, but was able to continue playing. Sometimes with ankles, like you you tweak it and you're yeah. like you have the um, you have enough um, 
man, it's adrenaline. Early. I can't think of adrenaline, adrenaline going yeah. that you're able to play through the pain. And then the next day it really flares yeah, up it, and you're not able to play. Yeah. It swells up overnight and then you don't play the next day. It was the other ankle. He, so he had just gotten back from an ankle sprain. Um, he sprained his other ankle yesterday. Okay. So yeah, th- that combined with just it's Jamal Murray. Um, I don't know what they'll actually do with him here. Okay. Um, any good values here on Denver? I don't really see anything no. popping. Yeah, there, there is not much. Uh, obviously, Jamal Murray, th- that news is going to be impactful on the slate if he ends up missing the game. Currently, we don't have an injury designation on Murray, uh, but obviously that could change later. You're only getting to 1% joker. I'm getting to 8% joker. I'm definitely more comfortable with 8% than I would be getting to just 1% joker. Uh, but kind of, you know, it's kind of interesting to see. Like, we're both getting very little, but just goes to show everybody's getting different lineups, even within the Sims, a lot of different uh, ways to build winning lineups. Um, any Anything else about Denver? No, uh, just not a particularly interesting team unless we get guys ruled out. All right. Uh, Chicago looks like we have uh, Alex Caruso has some injury designation. Zach Levine has uh, an injury designation. We, we uh, Zach Levine out apparently. Uh, Lonzo Ball still out. Do you think Lonzo Ball is ever gonna return? No, in his career. Yeah, I no. don't really think so either. And it sucks. Yeah, it really does suck. Yeah, he was he was fun for a little while, um, and started to be really good. Um, all right. Uh, who do you like on Chicago? Anything that you see changing, you know, be, before lock, any big injuries that you're looking out for here? So Alex Caruso missed yesterday. No idea if he's going to play today. Uh, we got the Sunmu starting in his place yesterday. Uh, the Sunmu is 5,100 on DraftKings. Caruso is 5,300. Right now we have Caruso projected in getting 5% ownership. The Sunmu played about 25 minutes 25 and a half minutes in regulation yesterday, uh, played an extra minute and a half in overtime. But uh, if Caruso is out, the Sunmu looks okay. If Caruso's in, he looks okay. Neither one's going to be that exciting. Uh, then we'll probably also just get my, my guess is we're going to get a Q tag on the Rosen or something. No idea if he'll end up playing, but uh, just feels like a spot where on the back to back, it's just like, Oh, the Rosen's questionable. And you find out later, but uh, assuming everybody, is playing here. Uh, not a lot of ownership coming into this team either. DeMar DeRozan, 12% is the highest on guy at 8,200. He is my highest on guy as well at 10%. So right around the field on him, I'm getting the 7% on Caruso, 5% on Kobe white, a little bit of Patrick Williams at 5,700, but um, overall, again, just not a very appealing team. 104 implied total. I think you're going to need guys to sit for it to actually matter. Um, even Andre Drummond is up to $4,800. So, you know, on a slate like this, you could have maybe, you know, made a case for getting to Drummond as the backup center, but it's not like he's 35, 3,600, he's 4,800. It's very difficult for him to get enough minutes to be a good play at that price. Yeah. I'm also getting next to nothing on Chicago, 11% to Rose in my highest exposure here. So it doesn't look like a huge priority for me. Um, Jordan Klein says, Adam, you need to get a fake tan. Are you thinking about maybe heading to a tanning bed? Is that something that uh, you would consider doing? I have never done that. I have never either. And I feel like like with what we know about like skin cancer, like I just, I, I can't yeah, imagine. Yeah, it, it runs in my family. To... Like I already like should have probably been going to a dermatologist for like my whole life and I never have. So um, I'm not trying to add on to that by fake yeah. tanning. Jordan Klein, what are you talking about? Come on, trying to trying to get Adam sick here. Um, yeah, no, uh, I am going to Arizona in a couple of days though. So I will get yeah. some some real sun. I thought I, I considered it, but I'm not. You don't have a ticket, do you? No. Um, I could have gone as a plus one. 
Okay. Yeah. I, I don't have a ticket either. I'm going as a plus one. Um, yeah, should be should be a good time. You should have come. That would have been fun. Oh well. I, I was just out there last month or two months ago. Oh, really? October. Yeah. I mean honestly, I, I've been to Arizona once. I'm muted. Or I'm can't hear you. Uh I don't think I'm muted. I don't I'm, know what's happening. Oh, Adam lagged for a second. Am I here? I can hear you, yeah. Can you hear me? Okay. <laughs> uh yeah, now I can hear you. All right. Um, I will say I've, I've been to, uh, Scottsdale one time in my life and it was cool. Like I, I enjoyed myself, but I don't feel like there's that much to do where I feel like the need to go out there all the time to the Scottsdale Phoenix area. Maybe there was just a lot more to see that I didn't see. Uh, but to me, it's like a yeah. once a year kind of a thing. Yeah. I have family not far from Scottsdale. So actually when I was out there for my grandmother's funeral in October, we stayed in Scottsdale. Um, I will say I've never felt more self-conscious in my life than being in Scottsdale. Like they're all good looking. Like the best looking people I think I've ever like more so than even being in LA. Like really, just walking around Scottsdale was just like, where do all of you come from? Maybe it was because I it, it was another it was a DraftKings event, so maybe I did I wasn't out enough, but I definitely yeah, did not notice that. I, while I, I think was there. I think the people at DraftKings events tend to look a bit different. <laughs> we we did stay a little bit longer, so it was uh, we I, that that was when I saw Kyrie Irving, who I got to say I, I saw Kyrie Irving. He looked pretty good shirtless, you know. He had he was just totally jacked up. Uh, in, in the hot tub that we were at, at our hotel. Uh, but but in general, I don't have very many memories of people being extremely good. I've heard that many times that they are in that area, but I... Yeah, I, I needed to get clothes for the funeral. And so the first thing we did when I got to Arizona was go to like the mall and just walking around. It was it was a very upscale mall. And just walking around, it was just like, this is insane. Uh, John P says, Neil's been in the hot tub with Kyrie. I'll tell the story really quickly. We were at uh, the Phoenician Hotel in phoenix really really nice upscale hotel we were treating ourselves after a dk live final event and we were looking for a hot tub my wife and i went out uh, they have a bunch of outdoor hot tubs at the hotel we were uh, like looking for one and we thought we saw an open one we started walking uh towards it we turn the corner and we see a guy in the corner of the hot tub and i see him spot him i was like oh shit there's somebody in the hot tub and then i look i, I was like did kind of a double take like a real life double take like what and i was like is that Kyrie Irving and like <laughs> I had no idea that the he was on the Nets at the time I had no idea that the Nets were in town in Phoenix so I like I totally like I, I don't know if I stared at him I feel like I probably stared at him like maybe the first time I've ever done that where I just saw somebody and like kind of stared for a second because I was so caught off guard by like oh there is a guy in there and then it's like wait is that guy Kyrie Irving uh, but then he he saw us and he he said hey uh, just give me two minutes. I'm I'm almost out of here. So he like saw that we were looking for a hot tub and that we hesitated. So it was it was nice about it. He was like, "Hey, I'll, I'll be right out." Uh, and then as we were walking away, I'm like googling Kyrie Irving to see like, does he have a, a tattoo right there? And like trying to figure yeah. out for. And it was totally him. And then I saw another guy seated behind him who I think was like a bodyguard or something, just laughing his ass off. And I'm pretty sure he was laughing at my reaction to seeing right. Kyrie and being like, and I was kind of like whispering my wife, like, I think that was Kyrie Irving. And I was just <laughs> like, it was, it was the most bizarre experience. Uh, so you and Eric both have Kyrie Irving stories. We do mine, mine much more positive than. Yeah. Eric's. Yeah. So you, both you painted him in very different lights. Yeah. Yeah. I had, I had a good experience uh, seeing, seeing Kyrie Irving. He was, uh, he was cool to me and my, for, for the, you know, one sentence that he uttered to us. Um, but yeah, so that was the, I did not share a hot tub with Kyrie Irving. We waited for him to get out, uh, but he was nice enough to to tell us that he was going to get out of the hot tub. Um, all right. That was a little bit of an aside. Uh, we have gotten through, I think, any, anything else about Chicago here? No. 
All right, fourth game on the slate. So now we got a little bit of a break. So we had uh, the first three games start 7.30, 7.30, 8 o'clock. A little bit of a break for the last two games. Uh, next up at 10 o'clock Eastern time, we have Golden State at Phoenix. Two teams currently not in the playoffs in the Western Conference. I guess they, they would be in the play-in um, tournament, but neither team in the top eight currently. Let's start with the uh, Golden State side. Who do you like on the Warriors, if anybody? <laughs> uh, nobody, again. This slate is is tough. Um, I'm actually getting to them more than the field, which I think some of this changes. Uh, Kaminga is another one of these weird morning situations where we have him with a 13% chance of being optimal at 5,200, only 3% ownership. So as a result, I'm getting 21% right now, but those two numbers just aren't going to stay the same. They're going to converge and I'll probably end up getting less. Uh, I am getting the 21% Draymond. We have him. He's the only guy on this team we actually have projected for double-digit ownership at 6,900. 15% ownership, 16% chance of being optimal. Just a decent price point, useful positional eligibility. Um, makes him look you know, pretty good. I'm getting to 15% clay, which is uh, about 2x the field. He's 6,400, has shooting guard and small forward eligibility, which is great. Pulling uh, 8% ownership, so no real issue getting there. Um, but those are the only guys from Golden State I'm getting to right now. Um, you know, it's tough to get to the rest of these guys. Curry's up at 9,500, which is tough to get to. Um, in their most recent game, we did get about 24, 25 minutes from Kaminga in regulation. It was a weird rotation, though, where he played a lot in the second half at the expense of Looney. He didn't play a lot in the first half. So I don't have any real confidence there. And I do think, like I said, that my exposure to him comes down. But um, about 30 one minutes or so for Draymond in regulation in that game. Perfectly fine getting to him. Perfectly fine getting to play. Yeah, 19% Draymond is the most I'm getting of anybody on Golden State. 9% Kuminga. Yeah, definitely hard to prioritize. Hopefully we do get some news because right now this is a, it's a tough slate, which may, maybe that's not the worst thing when you have a tough slate, but currently it, it does appear to be pretty tough for me. Um, there's, right, a, and, there's a good one in, in chat from uh, Sven Gunderson. Sven Gunderson. <laughs> Sven, he has yeah he he's had some good lines in the past um I, I forget what they were but this summer I, I made some comment about um my ass being so i think i made a comment about my ass being sore after softball and Sven was all talking about my ass for the next week so i don't know he, he just likes he likes sexual jokes i guess um all right uh second game uh, sorry uh phoenix the uh, second half of this game seems like it should be a fun game golden state and phoenix like these are two of the teams that I'm scared of as a Timberwolves fan uh, in the Western Conference, even though they haven't done it yet. This feels like it should be two good teams. A lot of star power here um, from a DFS perspective, though. It doesn't look like it's the best game in the world uh, on Phoenix, though. Anybody that you like here? Uh, yeah, apparently, which is not so. We have Durant out. We have right now we have Booker 21% to be optimal, only 5% owned. As a result, I'm getting 82%, but again, those numbers are just going to come together. Um, Kevin Durant is questionable. We have him projected out, it appears. So that's why you're seeing the difference here. Uh, so that, that's why, you know, again, I'm getting a ton of Phoenix at the moment, but it's because we have Durant projected out for our projections and optimal scores, but we don't have him out, I guess, for ownership because like if Kevin Durant is out, Devin Booker is not going to be 5% owned. Um, Bradley Beal is back. He's 6,900, but, you know, obviously Durant's the big piece here. So it's, I can't really say what I would be doing right now, but 
if Durant's out, this team looks really good. If Durant's in, they don't. If Durant's back, I don't think you can really play a 10-4 Booker very easily. $7,400 Nurkic will be tough. 6600 for Gordon will be tough. Uh, but if he is out, then I'm getting to all three of those guys. Booker, a ton, Nurkic, Gordon. But ownership will obviously also come out. Booker won't be 5%. Gordon won't be 2%. So a lot just depends on the Kevin Durant status here. Uh, Bradley Beal, are we uh, – let me see. I think our, our latest, we did not have him projected – uh, we had him projected for one fantasy point uh, earlier, so I just refreshed. Oh yeah, I missed, see. yeah. So we, he is in. He's not on the injury report, but we, yeah. So we we just don't have Phoenix projected correctly right now. So um, a lot will depend on. Kevin I just Durant's I refreshed it, and we we now have Bradley Beal in for just under twenty nine minutes and about twenty nine fantasy points. Yeah, so. and we have Dur- okay. Yeah, so with the update we just got, Durant's also in. Um, obviously, I didn't run anything using those projections but um yeah so now it's basically nobody from this team is getting any ownership none of them look very good in terms of optimal percentage that's what i expect to see if durant is in yeah point per dollar our best is 4.7x for durant and nurk currently um is is beal in play here returning from injury do you think i don't really think so at 6900 uh it was from the sounds of it a pretty significant back problem uh they sort of I don't remember the exact quote, but I think they asked him, you know, was it more than just like a strain? And he was like, yeah, it would take me all day to explain to you what has been wrong with my back. Um, So I'm not expecting him to just go out there and play a million minutes. All right. Uh, Anything else from this game? Uh, No, the the Durant news is obviously massive. Yeah, definitely. Um, Adam, I know you've been doing NBA lineup generator videos. Uh, When do you recommend like, is there any value to running the NBA lineup generator right now? Or is that something where like for NBA in particular, I feel like the closer you get to lock, the better it's going to be. Um, have you, have, have you learned anything from doing running the lineup generator earlier in the day and then seeing what comes out later? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of just like all NBA stuff. Um, clearly if you're using it, you're going to want to be using it at lock. Um, looking at it early in the day can give you some insight into the slate, but like things are just going to change. It's, it's like this show, you know, like, there's value in it, but right. it's not as valuable as the you know live before lock show. Yeah, um, yeah. The, the lineup genders, I've, I've been loving them for NFL. Like it, it's really easy because you get the inactives hour right. and a half before the game starts, and you can just run it. Uh, you know, an hour before the game starts, you know everything is going to be updated. Uh, NBA, you just really want to wait for as long as possible. But it is an extremely powerful tool. It can be hard to know exactly how much chalk you want to play, how many contrarian plays you want in your lineup, particularly for NBA, where like everybody talks about like, oh, chalk. You don't you don't want to play chalk. Like you hear that all the time. But it's like for NBA, you need to be playing some chalk. Like you're you're making a mistake if you're not playing any chalk on NBA slates. The lineup generator will basically tell you exactly how much you should be playing, give you a bunch of different lineups. Good way to just study what good lineups look like for one thing. And of course, it'll give you good lineups as well. But uh, I find I find the NBA lineup generator to be a great tool just for seeing which lineups pop as good lineups because the lineup generator only gives you lineups that have been profitable in the stochastic sim. So over tens of thousands of sims, these are lineups that came out as profitable. Really powerful tool, and you can build up to 5,000 lineups in 60 seconds with the lineup generator. Uh, and you can uh, The base package will allow you to build uh, up to 20 Um Check it out if you haven't heard it. So, of course, the, the Sims, uh, if you want a little bit more customizability, fantastic tool in our NBA toolbox as well. Different price points. The NBA, what, what is the price tag on the NBA lineup generator, Adam? $14.95 a week. Okay, $14.95 is the same as NFL then. Yeah, fantastic deal. Uh, really powerful tool that gives you basically access to the stochastic Sims for a fraction of the price. 
uh, check out those tools if you haven't already done so. The link is in the description of this video and Jordan has put it into chat as well. All right, one final game. Uh, also, just to kind of, uh, just to get a little bit more detail on Beal, I guess. Uh, the three games he's played this year, because he missed the beginning of the year as well, played 24, 32, and 30. Uh, we have him at about 29 minutes here. I think that's a very reasonable projection. If Durant's in, I don't really think you can get there. If Durant's out, it's still really risky, but you would expect increased usage for Beal, and he would at least be somebody on a five-game slate that I think you can you know, mix in. But again, if Durant's in, this team is just really unappealing. Yeah. What do you, what do you make of Victor Wembenyama? Like, is he... Great. Yeah, he's great. Do you, do you think he's ever going to uh, win an NBA MVP? Most likely. Okay. Yeah, I'm like, I feel like from a fantasy perspective, to me, he's been a little bit of a letdown this year. I, I think I had uh, inflated, overinflated expectations for Wembenyama. He looks good still in all the highlights, but he just, from a fantasy perspective, has been good not great so somebody just brought him up in chat is why i'm why i'm talking yeah. about victor Wembanyama. Uh, I, I went to the the wolves the wolves spurs game uh, i was fun to see him play but just from a, a fantasy perspective i feel like he hasn't really done it yet and you know he's not going to win the mvp until he's putting up huge stats yes yeah. uh, so I, I, I actually matter. i almost feel the opposite I, I hadn't actually looked at his like real numbers he's been worse offensively than i realized like he's been a below average offensive player he's been great defensively uh so overall he's been good um but He's like 1.4 DraftKings points per minute this year. I just assumed I was going to see better offensive numbers. Yeah, I mean, his, his last three games, so there was that Timberwolves game. He put up 12 points and 10 rebounds. Uh, he has had a couple massive games since then against the Bulls, 21 points, 20 rebounds, 15 points, 18 rebounds against the Rockets. So maybe maybe I'm underselling how good he's been from a fantasy perspective. Um, I just I, I thought he might come in and like start putting up, you know, 45 fantasy points a game immediately just, just from watching his highlights prior to the NBA uh, and he, I, I guess he's got it in his wheel. He's just maybe picking it up a little bit. Um, all right. Uh, moving on. Final game of the slate. We've got Sacramento at Los Angeles Clippers, starting with the Sacramento side of this one, Adam, any priorities for you? Um, There's a couple spots here that are getting some ownership uh, for me. Right now, the only guy I'm really getting to is Monk, but again, my exposures are all messed up because of, Phoenix. So we have Monk at 6,100 pulling 18% ownership. Keegan Murray at 5,900 pulling 12. Trey Lyles pulling 18% at 4K uh, as, you know, the backup center, which I think just again speaks to the slate. We've seen a lot of guys in this 4K range that project for like 16 DraftKings points get ownership. Uh, it's kind of just what the slate's giving you right now. Um, but I think it's the secondary pieces that you're really going to be getting to the most. Monk, Murray, um, Herder, if you want to a contrarian pivot to Murray or Monk, um, Lyles, Barnes. I think it's a lot easier to get to those guys to kind of round out lineups than it is to get to Fox and Sabonis, even though obviously Fox and Sabonis are the two that you would feel a lot better about. Yeah. I'm looking at Victor Wembanyama's stats now, by the way, and I'm just totally wrong. Like he, he has been producing as a fantasy asset better than I expected. Maybe it was just in that Timberwolves game, he was underwhelming. The, the few times I've checked, he's been a little bit underwhelming, but overall his, his stats do look really good. Um, yeah, so I think he's actually been a much better DFS guy than real life guys. Yeah, I'm I'm totally wrong about this. I had it exactly exactly wrong there. Um, all right. Uh, anybody else on Sacramento that you are prioritizing? Anybody you're getting to in the Sims? I feel like I need to rerun now that we've updated. Yeah, I was to say like I like I said right now the only guy I'm really getting to in the sim I ran was Monk, but because the Phoenix stuff was messed up, that doesn't really mean anything. Like I have so much Phoenix that I won't have. 
All right, yeah, and, and same thing. Currently, I have 16% Monk, but I would imagine things are going to change closer to lock. We'll, we'll talk about that, of course, on the deeper dive. Um, all right, anything else on Sacramento? Uh, to keep an eye on their injury report, they also played yesterday. Good call, good call. All right, Clippers uh, are standing out to me. I, I am actually getting to a good amount of the Clippers. Kawhi George, in, or sorry, yeah, Kawhi Leonard in particular uh, looks really good. For me right now, getting to a lot of Kawhi. Um, who do you like on the Clippers? Any priorities for you here? Yeah, the Clippers look good here. Again, assuming these guys are in, they played yesterday too. But um, 8K for Kawhi, 7,800 for Harden, 8,400 for George, shooting guard, small forward eligible. These are guys that on normal size slates or bigger slates, we've kind of been having trouble getting to a lot recently. They've sort of just been, you know, well, if you get to them, great, but they don't stand out as clear priorities. Whereas on a five-gamer, where they're coming in is just solid mid-range plays. They all look good. 39% ownership coming into Kawhi, 20 coming into Harden, 16 to George. Zubats at 6,200 is also getting 23%. Um, all four of those guys look pretty good. I am getting 40% Kawhi right now, 19% Harden, only 8% Zubats and 2% George. But again, um, once I'm not getting 82% Devin Booker, I probably will be getting more Paul George. So that's impacting that. But yeah, all four of those guys look good. And then you get into some secondary pieces where you have Norm Powell at 5,200, potentially uh, Daniel Tice. You know, again, we'll need an injury report there. But uh, as, you know, a backup center, if he is playing, I think that, you know, he is comparable to like Trey Lyles, who's getting 18% ownership. Yeah. Um, all right. So who, who are you getting to the most of in your Sims currently? Uh, Kawhi. Yeah, me too. I'm getting to 55% Kawhi. Are you getting something similar? 40. Oh, okay. So a little, a little bit different, a little bit less than I'm getting of Kawhi. Yeah, but um, I think I probably just get more of all of these guys once I'm not getting to Phoenix. Yeah. It's interesting. To see, why is Kawhi cheaper than Paul George? This feels like something that you never saw in past years. Has George been so I, I have, I'm, I'm looking now, but I know the last time I looked, he'd been a little bit worse on a per-minute basis than George in the games that they've all played together. Uh, George has been the highest usage guy okay yeah just just interesting to see that we've got Kawhi projected three fantasy points better and he is 400 cheaper than paul george um so just kind of stands out as the the better value of the two of them yeah. i guess we also didn't have james harden in the mix in past years so that's right. kind of changed things up yeah 17 games played now where all three of them have been together uh Kawhi's at 1.14 DraftKings points per minute paul george with a uh 25 usage rate paul george is at 1.08 with a 26% usage rate. So they actually have converged a little bit since the last time I had looked. Um, I know through the first handful of games, George was at like 28%. Um, but yeah, it does make, like George looks good. It makes Kawhi at 8K look better. Harden also 1.08 DraftKings points per minute, only a 19% usage rate, but a 28.5% assist percentage. Russell Westbrook at 7,400. Um, we've got him for 20, in, in for 20 minutes. Is he in play? I don't think so. Yeah, it seems seems a little bit thin. Um, yeah, just feel like he's a guy that in, in past years, maybe I would have tried to play Kawhi here, but for in 20 minutes, he's been, yeah, I, I can't imagine going there. Um, anything else from this game? No. All right. I, we, we made it. We made it through all five games on the slate. Uh, anything else in general? Any other comments on the slate? Uh, just keep an eye. I mean, Keep an eye out on injury news. Uh, obviously, it's only a five-game slate, but because we have so many teams on back-to-backs, there's just a lot of stuff that could end up changing. We need Dallas clarity, which we will have by lock. We need Kevin Durant news, which we may or may not have by lock. Uh, there's other uh, – we just need to find out if 
players are resting on back-to-backs elsewhere too. So uh, this is just a slate where it is likely to look very different than it did right now. Yeah, and that feel, feels like it's the case almost every day. Uh, but uh, yeah, particularly today, for, for a five-game slate, it feels like there is a lot of news that we're waiting on. Adam and I will be back for the deeper dive. That's going to be at 4.30 Eastern? 5, 5.30 Eastern, 5.30. 4.30 Real America time, 5.30 Eastern. Uh, Adam and I will be back for the deeper dive, followed by Eric and Greg on Live Before Lock. So, so come back for that. We will have updated information there. We'll give you uh, what we're getting at that point in The Sims. We will catch you later on. Good luck. See you guys later today. <laughs>